Welcome to this recorded service for Sunday the 16th of August 2020, which is the 10th Sunday after Trinity. My name is Peter Walker and today's sermon is by my colleague, the Reverend Fritha Middlemiss. The readings are read by Amy James. The prayers are by Steve Foster and once again the hymns were recorded by the singers of St Martin's in the Field. Let us keep a moment of silent prayer as we come to our service. Our first hymn is Praise to the Holiest in the Height. Jesus saw the city and wept over it, because it did not recognise the time of God's coming. We confess our part in the self-centeredness, blindness and sin of the life of our villages. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour, in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past 
and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Collect for this Sunday. Let your merciful ears, O Lord, be open to the prayers of your humble servants, that they may obtain their petitions, make them to ask such things as shall please you, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Romans 11, verses 1 to 2 and 29 to 32. I ask then, did God reject his people? By no means. I am an Israelite myself, a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. God did not reject his people whom he foreknew. Don't you know what scripture says in the passage about Elijah, how he appealed to God against Israel? For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable, just as you who were at one time disobedient to God have now received mercy as a result of their disobedience. So they too have now become disobedient in order that they too may now receive mercy as a result of God's mercy to you. For God has bound everyone over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on them all. Matthew 15 verses 10 to 28. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. Then the disciples came to him and asked, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? He replied, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Peter said, explain the parable to us. Are you still so dull? Jesus asks them. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person. But eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not understand a word, so his disciples came to him and urged him, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. 
Our next hymn is In Christ There Is No East Nor West. In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. The gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable, said Paul. In the 1920s, when anti-Semitism was not uncommon, a theologian came up with the phrase, how odd of God to choose the Jews, because people were troubled by the feeling that the idea of a chosen people seems to contradict ideas of justice and mercy. But that God did choose the Jews is not in any doubt in the Bible, and Jesus himself is quite at home with the idea. But today's story of the Canaanite woman forces a rethink on Jesus' part and on ours. It follows straight on from Jesus' discussions with lawyers and Pharisees about uncleanness. Those talks were conducted in legal terms, but the Canaanite woman challenges Jesus to work out what it means in practice. For Jesus, a Jew, the woman was unclean, and his first reaction to her makes her an outcast from the lost sheep of the house of Israel. It's interesting to note that at the very beginning of his gospel, Matthew included three Canaanite women in Jesus' genealogy. It's obviously a subject that interests him deeply. And here he shows Jesus discovering what the gifts and the vocation of Israel mean. If Israel is the chosen people, what are they chosen for? The first answer is, of course, to show God's light to the world. But sometimes they saw themselves doing so as pampered favourites while everyone else suffers. The prophets are agreed that it's the other way round. Israel is chosen to suffer for the sake of the world, 
like Isaiah's suffering servant. Therefore, Jesus, as the Jewish Messiah, God's anointed one, is not anointed to be a warrior or a miracle worker. He lives out Israel's amazing and mysterious vocation to suffer for the world and in doing so shows how God is totally involved in it. The Jews were chosen not only to suffer for God's salvation of the world, but also to show that God suffers too. In Christ, God can make sense of all suffering by bringing it to resurrection and eternal life. The Canaanite woman claims to Jesus that she is entitled to a share in God's salvation. It may seem to be leftover crumbs, but remember, very shortly before this, Jesus had 12 baskets full of crumbs on his hands after feeding five loaves and two fishes to 5,000 Jewish people. In God's economy, there is way more than enough for everyone. We in the Christian church have taken on the idea that we are the new Israel and therefore we are God's chosen people. The people to whom Paul was writing were inclined to think that because the Jews had rejected God's Messiah, everything belonged to the Christians and the Jews were out forever. In the same way, it's all too easy for Christians today to think that all God's gifts are for them and must be protected. People can come in if they join the setup we've arranged, label themselves Christians and come to church. It makes the church small and anxious and exclusive. If we hadn't started already to think about that, COVID-19 has changed it all for us. Before, you needed to go to church to be a Christian. But during lockdown, more people attended, in inverted commas, online services than used to go to church. Many of them may never start coming into our buildings now we're reopening. Only a couple of days ago, I was on the phone to someone who hopes very much that online services will continue long term, as she is dependent on others to get to church and loves the fact that she can currently access so much worship. The same is true for where we see God bringing healing and hope to the world. It's by no means only the church that has done healing and hope in this crisis, though Christians have most certainly played their part. Being disturbed and challenged to new ways of service is only to be expected of God's chosen people. Today's Gospel story is the only recorded time that someone challenged Jesus and emerged victorious, and she was an outcast. The woman challenged Jesus, and she challenges us too about how we view unwelcome interruptions in life. If, like the disciples, we want to send people away, we may well miss out on God's work. The woman also demonstrates that we should persist with God in the face of all-consuming unmet need. By her determination and persistence, the woman got more than she wanted. Not only her daughter's healing, but also mercy for herself and acknowledgement of the validity of her faith in God which the Jews would normally have denied. So this difficult time is a time to pray in faith with hearts and minds wide open to where God may be working. 
as with the Canaanite woman, some of the greatest answers to prayer have a life-changing effect, way beyond the actual thing for which we asked, because the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Amen. We listen now to a new setting of the well-known hymn, Love Divine. Father God, we thank you for prayers answered and for blessings received. 
We continue to pray for an end to the world's conflict zones, especially in Yemen and in Syria. We pray for the people of Beirut as they suffer the terrible consequences of the explosion at their port and try to rebuild their lives. Lord, bring peace and comfort to the families and friends of those who died in the tragic Scottish rail crash. Lord, please bring visitors and phone calls for those in our community who live alone and who are feeling lonely at this time. We pray, therefore, for an end to the global pandemic. We pray also for those who have no work at this time and need your help to find suitable employment. We pray for the students who are disappointed with their school and college assessments. We pray for all those who are unwell at this time. We pray especially for Joanne Cottrell, for John England, Reg Francis, Anne Gibbs, Gwen Hill, Gerald Jefferson, Dorothy Johnson, Chloe Lambert, for John Lawrence, Rose Turner, Alex Waring, Lawrence, Roger Webb, Alan, Margaret's son, Joan, Peter Walker's mother-in-law, for Ruth Walker, for Erica Wilson, Steve, a fireman, Phil Dolby, Alan and Sarah Edwards, and we pray also for all their families, carers and the medical staff who treat them. We ask these prayers in the name of our Lord, our dear Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. As our Saviour taught us, so we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Our final hymn is There's a Wideness in God's Mercy Like the Wideness of the Sea.
The love of the Lord Jesus draw you to himself. The power of the Lord Jesus strengthen you in his service. The joy of the Lord Jesus fill your hearts. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen.